0: for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church.
1: We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? You guys look good. Okay, you don't. I don't care. I'm just glad you're here. I think probably every day this week, we've had about three or four texts, uh, and they got corona. It has been nonstop, so I'm just glad you guys are here and glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And just praying you're healthy and Really wealthy. That's what I'm praying for. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. At least you got healthy. The other two we can pray about later. So good to have you. I uh because we've had so many, in fact, I've been in the pretty much in the office all week by myself and of our staff have been here. They've been out sick. Today I was supposed to cast vision for 2022. But I wanted most of you here. I didn't want to come up today and cast vision and most of you not be here. So I've, I've moved to the next Sunday. I'll be casting vision for 2022. And, and let me say this. It's not just a bunch of words. We, when I cast vision, it's something we're going to do. Last year, we cast vision that we're going to remodel the outside of this church. We had some other stuff and we did it and we got it accomplished and we've gotten it done. Next week, I got a big vision that I want to share with you. And you, you need to be here. You don't Want to miss it, and I promise you, you're going to look forward to what God is speaking over this house. Here's the second thing before I get into my sermon. Starting tomorrow is our church-wide fast. We begin our fast tomorrow. We've been talking about this, and uh, starting tomorrow and going to the thirtieth of January, we'll be having a fast. If you want to learn more about it, go to Compassion.cc, and we've got information on there. But We'll be doing different things. We'll be having. You can do the Daniel fast, which is you don't eat meat or uh, sugars or you anything sweet or anything like that. You only eat fruits and vegetables, drink water or uh, unsweetened grape juice. I've got some others that are doing other fasts. Some are just going to fast a couple of meals a day. They will only do one meal a day. I've got others that are fasting tech. They're not going to use their social medias. I. I think there are some of you, you have an easier time eating no food than you will not be on your phone, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to be fasting liver and celery, uh, spinach, that's what I'm fasting. I'm just playing. Let me tell you why we're doing the fast. The, the Bible says there are some things that only come through fasting and prayer, There are some things that only come through fasting and prayer. So in other words, sometimes all we do is pray. But the Bible says there's a next level that you go to if you want to see something happen in your life. And that is to not only pray, but also to fast. In other words, that fast becomes a time that you don't focus on self or selfishness or about you, but you focus on God. Some of you... God wants to do something in your life. But it's not going to happen until you make that sacrifice of fast or fasting. So for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, and do me a favor, if you're going to start tomorrow fasting, don't go today and eat everything you can. All right, that's just going to make it tougher on you. Also, on the back of the fast, when you come off the fast, don't go eat everything you can because then it'll make you sick. You got to work your way back in i got a good friend of mine right now, a good pastor friend, that he's been fasting no food for the last four or five days. He says something was missing in my life. I wanted it back, and I felt it all come through fasting and prayer, and I was willing to go whatever level it required, and he's fasting food. The question is, what are you going to fast? And listen, it must be a sacrifice. If it's not a sacrifice, it doesn't matter. Here's the other thing. If you fast and pray, let me say this, prayer is a must. It's not about what you don't do. It's about what you do do. And that means you need to focus on not only fasting, but you need to focus on prayer and seeking God and getting in his presence and getting on your knees and spending time with him. I want the best for your life in 2022. I believe this is gonna be the best year yet. And for that to happen, for that to happen, you need to spend some time in the presence of God. Amen. So start tomorrow, fasting and prayer uh, what we'll start doing is, is every day, start up from Tuesday to Friday, we'll have the church open from eight to nine to pray. You'd like to come in and just pray. We'd love for you to come, spend time on your face in prayer. We'll have music playing and we'll just pray. So from Tuesday to Friday, we'll have time here at the church in the sanctuary. The church will be open for you to come and just spend time in prayer. Amen. All right. I had someone tell. Them. In fact, I'd asked him if it was okay for me to share this, and they said yes. Uh, someone told me recently that they, um, their wife was driving him crazy. She was going out every night and watering the lawn. <laughs> JP, you laughed too easily right there. JP just started laughing. He must know what that's like. Anyway, he said his wife would go out and water the lawn every night. It was driving him crazy. He didn't know what was going on. In fact, he said, one month our water bill was $400. He thought, what in the world? Why is she going out every night and watering the lawn? He said, this has been a while back. And he said, what happened is there there was an addiction in my life that I was trying to overcome. What I didn't know, and she didn't tell me until after the fact, was she really wasn't going out to water the lawn. She was going out every night to pray and intercede for her husband that the addiction would be broken off his life. And he said, slowly but surely, I lost my appetite for the addiction. And it finally broke off my life. Amen. I tell you that story because there comes a time in our life where we stop talking about it, hoping for it, thinking about it. There comes a moment in our life where we got to move we got to bust a move. We got to make something happen. I thought about coming up today and doing some break dancing for you. I grew up during the 80s. It was break dancing. But if I dance, it will be some break dancing, but not the kind you think. So I decided not to do that. So in the in the theme of break dancing, I decided to, to find a passage today about someone well who busted a move. Who is a pretty good dancer who could kind of set us straight. And, and how in our life in 2022 that we can learn to move in the direction of God's plan for our life. Move in the power of his Holy Spirit over us. Move that in our movement it begins to impact those around us. I want you to turn with me today to 2 Samuel chapter 6 beginning with verse 12. 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning with verse 12. And it says this. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom. For some reason I love saying that name. I don't know why. It just feels good on my tongue when it rolls off. Obed-Edom. Maybe it's because I'm tired and I want to be in bed. And everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing. Here, this part, here's the bust the move right here. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. In other words, David wasn't doing that kind of that dance that when you can't dance, you still try to dance. You know what I'm talking about? you kind of like, you know, that's all you got. Or you kind of do this right here. You know that. Am am I the only one who does that? Okay. Thank you. The Bible says that that David danced with all his might. You know some of your old, back when you went to your old parties, there was always that one fool in the party that danced like an idiot. You know what I'm talking about? If he's your neighbor beside you, just do that. If they're the one, yeah, there you go. The Bible says that David danced with all his might before the Lord. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with the shouts, not only was he dancing, they were shouting. Woo! Y'all gonna wake up one way or the other. I don't know how to tell y'all. My sermon gets shorter when you get excited. Let's, let's help you for 2022. Amens make my sermon a little shorter. <laughs> you know what will really make it a little bit shorter? Well, every once in a while, I, I hit a good point, and you stand up and go, "Mmm, <laughs> mm, Pastor, what really gets me going is every once in a while, you go, now that's good. When you look at your neighbor and go, that's good. I don't know who taught y'all that reverence means you don't speak in church or you don't have a good time in church. That is not reverence. And for some of you who had denominational backgrounds that taught you that, it ain't biblical. There's a passage in the Bible. There's a word called Hallel. Say it with me, Hallelujah. The word hallel actually means to be calamitously foolish before God. I'm just telling you, you don't get excited. My sermons will be two hours long. Anybody want to stand up and give me a? See, there we go. There we go. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord, shouts and the sounds of trumpet. As the ark of the Lord was in the city of David, listen to this, there's always somebody that's got to throw a wet blanket over what good is happening. Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him. She despised him. She despised in his heart. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And I pray today, Lord, that every heart and every mind will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And not one, not one would leave this house the same way that they came. But be blessed by your word and your presence as we receive your power in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want you to write down four words for me right now. You ready? Four words. Today I'm going to build my sermon off of the word move. And for each letter, I'm gonna have a word that goes along with that. And I'm gonna teach you today in 2022 how you can begin to see the power of God move in your life as you begin to move in God's will. Here's one word, the moment. Write it down, the moment. Number two, the obstacles. First is the moments. Number two is the obstacles. Number three, the voices. And number four, The expectations. So we're looking at four things today. The moments, the obstacles, the voices, and the expectations. As you are making a move in what God has for your life, here's the four things you're going to deal with. First, as we see the moment, let me kind of lay the scene for you, what has happened. At one time, the Ark of the Covenant had been captured by the Philistines. When King David had come into power, he goes and gets back the Ark of the Covenant. As he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into the land, what happens is it's on the back of an ox cart. And as it's on the back of the ox cart, as they're bringing it in, all of a sudden they come to the threshing floor, the Bible says. And what happens is, as it's about to tip over, a man by the name of Uzzah reaches out his hand to grab a hold and to steady the Ark of the Covenant. Good man. Don't want the, does not want the, this artifact of God to fall and be broken. As he reaches out his hand to steady the ark, the Bible says at that moment, boom, he dies. Falls dead, he is gone. The Bible says at that moment, David got mad and angry at the wrath of God. In other words, God, how? What? Come on, God. He was only trying to steady the ark. And some of you are him, what was the ark? The ark was the, the symbol of the presence of God. Inside the ark, which was overlaid with gold and had two cherubims on top with their wings going into the middle, where in the middle was supposed to represent the presence of God. Inside the ark was manna. Well, it was the, the, the rod of Aaron that had, 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 had sprouted. And then it was the stones, the temple, I mean the, uh, the, the Ten Commandments. Very important to the people of Israel. David becomes angry and he becomes mad because the, the Ark of the Covenant almost falls out. All he was, does was doing is trying to steady it and he dies. Now, David ain't stupid. See, what David realizes is well, everything he's doing was wrong and he knew it was wrong. First of all, the Ark of the Covenant was never, ever, ever to be carried on the back of an ox cart. In fact, the only way, if you go back and look at Deuteronomy and Numbers and Exodus, the only way that it could be carried was by a pole. There was, there was rings on each side of the Ark of the Covenant, and they put a pole through those rings, and only holy men, men of God, were allowed to actually carry the Ark of the Covenant. Nobody else could touch it. So one is God's not happy already because you've got my covenant, which is the presence of God, sitting on the back of a cart. Pastor, why is that so significant? Because that's how many of you handle the presence of God in your life. What you don't understand is you're now the Ark of the Covenant. You're carrying the presence of God inside of you. And you keep doing things that don't bring glory to God's name, although the presence of the glory of God is right there with you. So God's already mad. You put my presence and stick it on top of a cart. And then what happens is finally God reaches out his hand to grab it, who he is not righteous, he is not able, he is not one of the holy men who is supposed to touch it. And God said, enough! And he dies. And see, if God would do some of that stuff today, some of you would probably start acting better. Amen? Well, Bob the other day went and got drunk at the bar, and man, he died on his stool. Some of you stopped going to the bar and getting drunk, Amen? Now, what ends up happening is, is David gets smart. David goes, I'm not prepared, nor am I ready to carry the Ark of the Covenant back. So he takes to a house a guy by the name of Obed-Edom. Can you imagine Obed-Edom? He's like, "Um, it, is that what just killed um, Uzzah? Yep. Uh, you, um, King, uh, could you take it somewhere else? I prefer not to have it. But that's actually not what Obed-Edom did. Obed-Edom... With open arms, took in the Ark of the Covenant. And about 20 years later, word comes back to King David that Obed Edom's house has been blessed beyond measure. That squeaky door, when he opens the front door, it ain't squeaking anymore. The wife who's always telling him to take out the trash stops nagging about taking out the trash. The kids who have been complaining and upset. Do you tell them to got out the trash? Yeah. Some of you wives looked at your, wife, your husband when I said that. Guess what? God was so blessed in the house, the husband were actually taking out the trash. The kids had stopped complaining. The camels were no more broke down and in the shop. Things were going great. And the word gets back to David That the house of Obed-Edom is so blessed that everything is going so good. In fact, the neighbors want to borrow it. Hey, Obed-Edom, can I borrow the ark tonight? Can you bring it over to my house? I see what's going on. I notice, you know, Obed-Edom, your hair is getting a little thin and it's growing now. Amen. Amen. So they... (laughs) So they come in. You guys, I don't know if my sermon's good or you're just really making this shorter. Which one is it? So Obed-Edom, what he does is, is when they come, he's with open arms, yes, gets back to the king. And we do know in the story that as they bring it back into the city, that Obed-Edom is following them. Because where the presence of God is, he wants to be. The first thing is I want to talk about The moments. See, David had realized at this moment when he heard the story about Obed Edom that it was the moment to bring the ark back. Can I tell you, there are divine moments that God opens in your life, and you need to watch for them. Let me tell you what happened recently. Me and Lori coming back uh, from the East Coast. And as we're coming back, we go, we stop. I was going to go get a drink. Lori had to go to the restroom. And as we walk in, I went to get a drink. She said, There's no restroom. And so Lori walks out, and I go to get a drink when I come out. Well, me and my daughter can't find Lori. So I call her number. When I call her number, her phone is in the car. So I start freaking out. Avery's freaking out. I'm trying to be calm for Avery, but I'm like, where's Laurie at? About that time, a guy walked, I can see him coming out of the corner of my eye, and I'm so focused on her, I'm not paying attention. He walks up to me and says, Sir, can you, can you give me some money for some food? I said, Sir, I don't have any money. And I went back to try to figure out where Laurie was. Well, about that time after I did that, he walked away, and I began to feel bad. Because at the moment, I felt it was a divine moment that God had opened this opportunity that even in the middle of me worried about something, God wanted me to remind me, stop worrying about things. I will take care of it if you will take care of my children. So I turn around, and the guy's gone, and I can't find him. Now, I'm not saying he was an angel or anything like that. I'm just saying the guy was gone, and then that really freaked me out. (laughs) I'm like, God, you bring him back. I'll give him something. There are moments in your life that you need to be aware of and you need to be watching for because they are divine moments. And let me say this, they will not look the way you think. They will come disguised in a guy that looks like he's homeless and maybe he's an addict. They will come in ways you've never thought. But listen, that's how God works because God is not in the thunder and God is not in the screaming. God is in the still, small voice. For 2022, if you want God to do something in your life, then you've got to open your spiritual eyes and allow God to show you something. I still regret it because I believe that God brought that man in my path to help him. To say, John, if you'll take care of my children, I'll take care of you. See, I'm going to blame it all on Lori. I feel if Lori had been where she, Lori was supposed to be that this would not have happened. So later on, I had to ask God to forgive Lori. Lord, I repent for Lori. She has sinned before your eyes. And God, I pray you forgive her. You understand, right? Yeah. You understand? <laughs> I need to, we don't need this stage anymore. It gets me too close to her. She can get, she can get a hold of me. The next thing is this. Listen to what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 13. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. When in linen Ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of the trumpet. As the ark of the Lord was in the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. A couple of things. The next one is this, the obstacles. What happens is, They're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back in. David is so concerned now. They take one, two, three, four, five, six. They sacrifice to God. One, two, three, four, five, six. They sacrifice to God. And goes on. You know how long they had to have taken to get back? But see, David decided this time, it ain't gonna be about me, it's gonna be about God. The first obstacle you have to overcome in 2022 is sacrifice. God's going to want you, ask you, offer you the opportunity to sacrifice something for him. What is it? See, we want all the blessings of God. We want everything that comes from God. We want the protection of God and the joy of God and the goodness of God. The problem is we don't want the sacrifices required as believers. Thank you. I love this little guy. He's more spiritual than any of you guys. He wanted to sacrifice before the Lord because a sacrifice is what was required. Let me say something to you today God is expecting a sacrifice from you, not a selfishness from you. There are things that God's going to ask you to lay down, stop doing. Not make it about you, but make it about him. What is that part of your life that you've been unwilling to sacrifice? See, we want to do things and then say, well, God, you bless it. When God says, do what I say, and I'll bless it. Listen, if I had my choice, I would probably be pastoring a church on a beach somewhere. Let me just be honest with you. Maybe in Hawaii, right now, pastoring a church there. That's where I'd be. But that's not where God wanted me to be. Well, I could go and pastor a church in Hawaii. Nothing wrong with pastoring a church. The problem is it isn't God's will for my life. See, God will expect sacrifices of you. And the obstacle becomes when you refuse to make those sacrifices. Here's the other thing. When it comes to obstacles, what you're unwilling to lay down. What you're unwilling to lay down. Remember, read that passage. It says, "As David came in, remember now he's king. Kings are dignified." Oh. <laughs> but at this moment, as David is bringing about the Ark of the Covenant, he is willing to lay down how people see him. Yeah. David comes back and he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant. This is the king of Israel. Everybody's watching, him, and he's like. Y'all see that? You want me to moonwalk? He ain't too dignified now. He's not too kingly now, but David doesn't care. David said, I'm not here to to make you happy. I'm not hearing what you think about me. David said, at that moment, I'm letting go of everything, and I'm giving it to God. Listen, you've got to ask yourself, what is God asking you to lay down? What is it? Listen to this. Then he gave a loaf of bread and a cake of dates and a cake of raisins to each person in the crowd, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. When David returned, listen, all the people went to their homes. I'm sure when they got there, everybody was excited. They're all excited. You mean they brought back the Ark of the Covenant? King David brought it back. That's awesome. King David. When David returned home to bless his house. in fact, David probably walked in a little bit proud, expecting his wife to just boast about how he had just brought the covenant back. He probably walks in and he's kind of like, Hey, baby, the king's home. I was about to say daddy's home, but that didn't sound right. And he walks in and said the king's home and she unleashes. She lets him have it. Oh, come on, David. You embarrass me out there dancing like a fool. I mean, David, you're you out there half-naked because David took in all the kingly robe he just had on his ephod. He, some think David actually naked. He wasn't naked. But to this woman, who the kingship had become everything, he was embarrassing. person. See, the third thing you deal with in your life when God's trying to move is the other voices that are speaking. There will always be those who talk. I want you to put your hand up like this. Now do this. In everything you do for God, that's easy for me. I'm, a, I'm actually from North Carolina. I'm an NC State fan. We do this. It's, it's a wolf pack. You don't care, do you? Forget you. There will always be the naysayers. There will always be the haters. There will always be those who put you down, tell you you're not good enough, tell you that God can't use you. There will always be the naysayers. But I love David's response. That is probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Put that up there real quick. Kyle, or whoever that is, Avery. That, I should know better. That's my daughter. He says this, and the people went to their home. I'm sorry. Go down. It goes this. It says, "I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this." I believe right now that David has an epiphany. I believe that it's an enlightened moment. And I believe David isn't just talking to Michael. I believe David's talking to himself. He said, All this time I've worried about what everybody else thinks. All this time I've cared about the voices. All this time I believe the naysayers and the negativity. And he looks at her and this is what he says. I'm going to paraphrase. You nor your daddy put me in where I am today. Michael, I, th- I, think, I-, I think you believed it. You believe old Saul put me where I was. He didn't. God didn't. And Michael, I want you to know I'm going to celebrate God. Despite what you think or anybody else thinks, I'm going to celebrate God. And Michael, if you think what I just did out there on the streets, half naked dance for the Lord is bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. I believe as he said that he got a little bit, his legs started moving. He said, Michael, if you for one moment think I'm gonna stop dancing before God and celebrating the Lord, you are so wrong. Because I'm telling you, I'm about to start dancing before God and I'm gonna give God glory. And I'm going to tell you what, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm about to let God know through my body and through my praise that he is my king and he is my Lord and I'm going to do what God calls me to do. If you think this is bad, I'm going to tell you what, you better get excited because it's about to get a lot worse. Oh, thank you. Hallelujah. I'm about to Whew. See, because it leads me to the last word. You ready? And I'll close with this. Expectation. He said, Michael, I'm, I'm not trying to live up to your expectation. And I'm not trying to live up to your daddy's expectation. And even all those who lie on the street as I walked in, I'm not trying to live up to their expectation either. There's one expectation that I'm living up to. And today, as I brought back the Ark of the Covenant, it all came back to me while I do what I do. And it's for the glory of God. And I will dance before the Lord as I come back into his presence. Because as I know I do, God is right there with me. Oh, Michael, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm about to do some break dancing. I'm going to do some line dancing, Michael. I'm going to do some square dancing. I may do some tab dancing. He said, but Michael, if you think that. And I love what he says at the end. I love it. And he said, if you for one moment think what I just did makes me look bad in the eyes of those slave girls, you were so wrong. Because in the eyes of those slave girls, I will be more honored than I've ever been honored before. Why? Because I praise God. Listen, I'm telling you, in the presence of God, people around you, they may not know what you've got. They can't put their finger on it. They can't explain it. But all they know is when they're around you, JP, when they get around you. I, I was with a guy today that, hey, that, they, that, that, he said, that Hispanic guy at your church, he works with, with in the CR. Hey, I really like that guy. And I said, you're talking about JP? I said, yeah. I said, no, you shouldn't like him. He said there's something about him. He see, you think that by acting a certain way I'll justify myself to others, Michael. You're wrong. By letting the presence of God in my life and being who God's called me, when I get on the move for God, then God will move in me. God
0: will move in me. Stand with me. We want to thank you so much for joining us for our service today. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Before we let you go today, I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. And over 2,000 years ago, God the Father gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to die upon a cross for you. That through His death, you would have eternal life. And through the shedding of His blood, you would have forgiveness of all your sins of past, present, and even future. So if you're watching right now, and you're right now living in a life of shame, sadness, and sin, I want to introduce you to my Savior. All you have to do today to be saved is first admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that He is the Son of the living God, died upon a cross for you, rose on the third day, and lives forevermore at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. And with your mouth, confess the Lord of your life, and you shall be saved. So if you're watching right now, and as I'm saying these words, it's touching something in your heart, and you say, today, I want to give my heart life to Christ, then I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sins and all of my ways. I ask you to come into my heart and into my life. I repent of my ways, and I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. If you just said that prayer with me, I want you to know that you are a child of God. Your sins have been washed away. You're a new creation, the Bible says. And eternity with Christ is your reward. Do us a favor. If you gave your heart and life to Christ today, please let us know in the comments or reach out to the church. And we would like to tell you your next steps in following Christ Jesus. Thank you so much. God bless you. thank you for listening
1: to this podcast presented by compassion church we're so glad you joined us today for more information including service times and locations please visit our website compassion.cc